0: Production. Hey, Tom Tilly with you for what hopefully is the most relaxing day of the year, Boxing Day. Yeah, all the, all the beauty and drama of Christmas Day is out of the way and you can actually chill out. And in this summer episode of The Briefing, a really good interview on that exact theme, really. Reasons Not to Worry, How to Be Stoic in Chaotic Times with author Bridget Delaney.
1: Stoicism said, why not just be happy if you're the best version of yourself, if you are a good person that's acting with integrity, that has kind of measured and proportionate responses to things.
0: So as you can hear, Bridget brings the ancient wisdom of the Stoics into the modern day in a fascinating interview, which you'll hear in just a moment, right after this quick rundown of what's making news today from the listener newsroom. It is Monday, the 26th of December.
2: Hi there, Isabel Everett with your news briefing. The Sydney Hobart Yacht Race gets underway today. Well over a hundred boats make up the field this year, some hailing from as far afield as New Caledonia, Germany, the UK, USA, Hong Kong and more. Commodore Arthur Lane says there's a few bigger boats in the race this year, all of which have won line honours previously. So
0: this year we've got four of the maxis, the 100-foot maxis in the race, so we've got Andu, Comanche. We've got Blackjack, we've got the Hamilton Island Wild Oats and we've got Law Connect.
2: Tragedy has struck on our waterways. A man has died after being pulled from the water at a popular swimming spot in Windsor in New South Wales, while a teenager has drowned after he was found struggling in waters off lawn on Victoria's southwest coast last night. Over in the US, and the death toll has risen to at least 19 as the country endures one of the most severe winter storms in living memory. Over a million people in the US and Canada are without power, the storms bringing Arctic-like temps. King Charles has delivered a moving speech in his first ever Christmas message. The King paying tribute to his late mother.
0: Christmas is a particularly poignant time for all of us who have lost loved ones. We feel their absence at every familiar turn of the season and remember them in each cherished tradition.
2: And today's Boxing Day sales are expected to reach a historic high with Aussies tip to spend a whopping 23 billion bucks. Rain delays could plague today's Boxing Day test at the MCG. The Aussies are closing in on a breakthrough win over South Africa after taking down the Proteas by six wickets in the first test at the Gabba. However, heatwave conditions could bring showers and thunderstorms to Melbourne this afternoon. And we could see more codes playing out matches on Christmas Day after yesterday's historic NBL clash. The Sydney Kings took down Melbourne United 101-80 to with over 7,000 supporters rocking up to the stadium in Sydney.
0: All right, now to our interview with Bridget Delaney, who is a well-known writer for The Guardian and now the author of three books, including Well Mania, which we found out this year is being turned into a Netflix series. A new book, which came out a few months ago, is called Reasons Not to Worry. Bridget, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for the reasons you're about to give us not to worry. We all need this um, at any time, especially right now. So the story starts in the dark days of the pandemic, March 2020. Why did you shun Tiger King and baking bread and turn to ancient Greek philosophy?
1: I was just inhaling it in those early months and was really shocked how something so old actually sounded super fresh. I needed something and I realised that they'd worked it all out already. They'd been through what we are going through. And they had basically set out a framework and guidelines to coping when times are really stressful and quite dark. All right. So take us to the core
0: principles of the Stoics.
1: So look, the first Stoics were kind of around about 350 BC. And it was when philosophy was very, very popular. So there was like, you know, half a dozen different schools going on at the time. And each of them had their own kind of way of doing things. And the Stoic way or central to it was this thing called the control test. And what that means is we can only control three things in life, our character, our actions and reactions. And the third is how we treat others. And that was kind of central to the philosophy. And it still holds up today. And I use it pretty much five times a day.
0: And what's the point of working out, you know, which things fall into those categories and which don't?
1: So if there's something that's outside your control, say it might be falling in love. So you become infatuated with someone and you really want to be in a relationship with that person or you want to have sex with that person or whatever, that's outside your control because the other person has to reciprocate. If you put your happiness on that, if you say, I will only be happy if this person has a relationship with me, then you're placing your happiness on something you can't control. So you're liable, or possibly liable, to be very disappointed. So stoicism said, why not just be happy if you're the best version of yourself? If you are a good person that's acting with integrity, that has kind of measured and proportionate responses to things, that treats other people well, that should be the thing that makes you happy because it's the only thing you can control. Say, for example, pay rises. So you can go for a pay rise, But that's outside your control whether you get one. But the way you you can try and control it or influence it by doing the best work you can possibly do. So if you go to your boss and say, I have worked to maximum capacity this year, I have tried my hardest, I've made mistakes, but I've learned, and you still don't get the pay rise, you can be satisfied that you did all you could within the control that you had. Um, You may not get the result you want, but you're not looking back and saying, I actually could have done a better job. So the control test puts things back on you and, and asks you, you know, have you done all you could do?
0: Stoicism, like that word in, in contemporary times has kind of a, a very different meaning. It feels like this now outdated idea of just toughing things out and I- ignoring our vulnerabilities. So how different is that, that modern
1: understanding from what these guys were, were living it's really funny when I tell people I've been doing a book on Stoicism, they say, oh, yes, my father was a Stoic. He <laughs> never cried when, you know, at, you know, at my sister's funeral, he, I've never seen him smile. I've been hugged once. He's a real Stoic. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that's the right use of... You need to read my book. Yeah, you need to read my book. I mean, <laughs> Stoics were full of love and, uh, you know, very joyful people. Uh, they certainly weren't about withholding or repressing. Um, so the word, you know, as many words have throughout history, you know, it has changed. But there is a capital S Stoicism, which is is the Greek and Roman philosophy that I, I've written about. And what do they think about death? They think about death a lot. <laughs> um, they just think it's coming for all of us. Like you can have all the means in the world, you can have great technology, but you will die. And so they liked reminding themselves that they were mortal that everyone's mortal, their children are mortal, their best friends are mortal, their enemies are mortal. And they reminded themselves, you know, each day, or they thought about it each day, to and that then allowed them to live in a much more fulsome way. Because if you realise that your time is up, are you going to waste it, you know, maybe having friendships that aren't, you know, fulfilling or in a job that's crushing your soul? Like the thoughts of death allow you to really... Um, go for the things in life that you want.
0: And that ties into their technique
1: called negative visualization. So tell us about that. I mean, say for example this podcast, I came in here thinking this is the first piece of media I'm doing for this book. It could also be the last cuz I might get hit on George Street on the way out of here. Yeah. So make it make it special. You know, if it's the only one, <laughs> then uh, it's got to count. So you do that with every kind of encounter. Yeah. Not too much because it can make, uh, you know, it's made me very anxious when I focus too much on death. Yeah. But you just have a little taste of like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend that this is the last of this particular kind of moment.
0: One of the interesting challenges you bring up in the book, and you know, if you employ this stoicism mentality maybe too much, is that you you sort of think, well, I can't change this, I can't change that. And it stops you from being ambitious or hopeful from making the world a better place because a lot of those things seem like they're out of your control. But actually, if you did something revolutionary, maybe you could control them and affect change.
1: Absolutely. And that's the kind of central conundrum when I was writing this book was how do you marry sort of social justice in action Mm. with Stoic principles? Um, One of the four virtues in Stoicism is justice. So it's something they thought about a lot and something that, you know, they cared about. But say if you're sitting around worrying about climate change Mm. and freaking out, which is, of course, very normal It can be easy to feel overwhelmed. And so if you apply stoicism to what can I do about climate change, you can do a number of things. Um, For example, like voting in parties Mm. that support sort of reductions of emissions. You can take part in direct action or you can work in your local community or take individual action on your own emissions. Mm. So you can break things down to smaller actions, but it is one of those things where... They say you can't take on everything because you're one person.
0: It's like, think about what you can do, but you do have to draw the line at some point.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the problems with modern life, I mean, definitely for me, is just feeling overwhelmed with the amount of really hardcore stuff that's happening in the world right now. Like, you know, I listen to the news and it's Ukraine, it's climate change, it's floods, the pandemic is still happening. I mean, there is a lot going on and it's easy to feel powerless But stoicism does provide a map about where our power lies.
0: I actually don't think we're living in tough times. Mm. I think we're living in great times. You know, we've had like a billion people lifted out of poverty in in the last few decades. If you think back to the the Spanish flu, that was a lot worse. Millions more people Mm. died. That was coming out of the First World War, you know, Mm. which is hectic. The Ukraine conflict is like a regional little battle Mm. compared to these Mm. world, world wars, And I think that speaks to the information age where we're living in, where we're inundated with news, Mm. which is all driven by our survival instincts, like what are our threats? Yeah. And so it feels chaotic, Mm. but we kind of need frameworks like this potentially Mm. to decipher the noise.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you're a Stoic without probably realizing you're a Stoic. (laughs) So this is my new Bible. (laughs) This is, wow, you could have written that. You know, it sounds like you're living it. That's a very Stoic technique that you just described, which is working out like, it's kind of framing it like, okay, the pandemic's happened, but we have had a vaccine and we can control certain things that will make our lives less sort of risky. And we're rich. Yeah, we're we're rich and we're living longer. So the Stoics would have said a few things about life today. They would have said, you guys are pretty lucky, but they also would have said, you guys are pretty soft. Um, (laughs) You know, I think that's why Stoicism is having a comeback because... There's this sense of of doom and gloom, of which, you know, I feel doomy and gloomy quite frequently because I work in a newsroom. I am I have the onslaught of the news like a lot of people. But they would have said, hey, look at your life. It's pretty good. Yeah. And um, the stuff you're worried about, maybe it's not going to affect you, like you're not in the Ukraine. However, there's also a strong part, I think, of a lot of us that – feel compassion for people in these terrible situations, and so therefore get emotionally involved in Mm. distant conflicts. That we can't control. That we can't control.
0: (laughs) They don't pass the control (laughs) test.
1: (laughs) They don't. And look, this is why stoicism is interesting. You kind of have to keep reminding yourself of it. I mean, as you know from your book, it's like any religion. You are time and time again, you have to go back to the teachings. You have to go back to the scripture. And in the case of the Stoics, there were three kind of main writers that I, I referred to in the book. And you have to keep going back to remind yourself that all this structure's there. People have thought about all this stuff in the past. They've written it down. It's been saved through the centuries. And if we can just plug into it, it can really help us get through whatever era we're living in.
0: So is this
1: your new religion now? Absolutely. I mean... It's funny that Stoicism's a philosophy, you know, it's not a religion, but sort of towards the end of the book, I, I had a, f- a real feeling that it was, for me, veering towards a kind of almost a spiritual belief. You know, it helped me in such dark times. It will help me, I think, you know, when people I love die or, you know, when something bad happens to me, like, you know, when I get sick or something, Stoicism will be the thing I reach for. It won't be Christianity. It'll be this. And it's also, it's infused with a love of nature and the natural world and sort of reverence for what makes us human and what makes the world special. So I think it goes beyond philosophy, definitely for me anyway. So to come back to the title
0: then, Reasons Not to Worry, to to break it all down because our, our small brains can only keep probably about three things in them at once. What are the three bits of it that you're hanging on to that you're pulling yourself back to that give you reason not to worry?
1: Okay, so the control test? Yep. So that will tell you immediately what you, you should and shouldn't worry about. You really should just worry about your character and how you treat people. Okay. Otherwise, don't worry. The second thing um, that's a real takeaway is ataraxia, which is the Greek word for tranquility. You know, try and be stable. Try and be chill. They were particularly strong in anger. They hated anger. So mm. when I have that impulse to you know go a bit crazy, I remember ataraxia, chill out. And look, the third thing is remember you're going to die and just love and live your life. Love, laugh, live.
0: That was Bridget Delaney and her book is called Reasons Not to Worry, How to Be Stoic in Chaotic Times. And I love that last line from her. Love, laugh, live, which is good advice anytime. Very well suited to the Christmas holidays as well. Hope you're having a ripper. I'll catch you on the next episode. Listener